And thank you, everybody, for joining us for this noon webinar today here on Biz News. And as we have promised, we are going to look at the promise to fight or arrest corruption in South Africa. And this was sparked by the president announcing recently that he is going to task several agencies to investigate COVID-related corruption. And he said that the lead agency in this regard will be the Special Investigating Unit. So because there are several such units at play in South Africa responsible for dealing with crime and corruption, I decided that let me invite the head of the Special Investigating Unit, Andy Mutibi, who is with us, as well as Sipo Nguema of the National Prosecuting Authority, so that he can explain where they fit in in the whole story, and uh, Advocate uh, Selby Makoto of the Special Tribunal, uh, to tell us about their role in this regard. And we, we have this conversation with the latest news being that the SIU together with ESCOM are actually pursuing a civil matter against several ESCOM executives for more than 3.2 billion rands. And one wonders how the whole thing fits in here. I would have thought that this, this matter would have been taken to the special tribunal, but it appears it's going to be taken to the court. So, Without further ado, gentlemen, welcome. A pleasure to have you on this webinar. And I start with you, Advocate Mutibi. Please tell me a bit more about what's going on between yourselves and ASCOM regarding the recovery matter against the, how many are they? 12 executives of ASCOM. Thank you. Well, thanks, uh, uh, Mr. Mudise, for the opportunity to engage with the audience in the South African public. Um, our investigation at ESCOM started off uh, back in 2018. We've got a specific proclamation signed by the president that enabled us to do that presentation. Uh, that investigation has been very thorough. Uh, and in the process, let me just make this very clear. Uh, we, we work towards producing a report at the end of the investigation to the president. But since we started, uh, our methodology works as follows, that uh, when we immediately start the investigation and we then have sufficient evidence uh, in our view that uh, necessitates for anyone at ESCOM uh, to be charged with misconduct, uh, then that, that evidence has to be taken to the ESCOM uh, board as the accounting authority and the CEO so that they can take action against whoever is involved, right? And we have been doing that. We've got a number of executives uh, that have been charged uh, with misconduct based on our referrals. Some have resigned in the face of, the, of those referrals. Uh, and then we've got uh, another uh, part uh, of our outcomes that uh, says when SIU investigation reveals that uh, there is a criminal act that has been committed by anyone, uh, whether it's a service provider dealing with ESCOM or uh, ESCOM employee, uh, then our law provides that that evidence has to be referred to the National Prosecuting Authority. So in this case, we've got uh, 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 various referrals that we have, that we have made, uh, and I know that our colleagues at MPA um, uh, are, are geared up to deal with that. We've been engaging with them uh, on an ongoing basis, uh, and I'm sure Mr. Nguema will uh, uh, attest to that later on when he comes onto the floor. Well, let me, now, let me just speak quickly. To the, question, the question that you have asked now is now this is another part, uh, which is the civil litigation part, right? The civil litigation part also says if SIU has sufficient evidence uh, uh, to recover, the SIU is mandated by law to act on behalf of state institution in its own name, uh, obviously we at all times act together with the state institution involved. In this case, we're acting with ESCOM, 
and we have found various uh, evidence pointing to uh, irregularities that point to all of those executives. Some of them are members of the board. Uh, some of them are executive authorities uh, that would have been in place at the time. And we are saying, uh, just in summary of in that in that litigation process, is that all of those uh, have participated and made themselves guilty of committing those irregularities. Uh, in some instances, yes, we have found evidence of corruption. Uh, so which, uh, amongst others, as corruption is a criminal offense that we have referred to NPA. But in this civil litigation, we are seeking to recover based on the course of action that says you have put ESCOM at prejudice, ESCOM has lost so much money, and uh, it is our case that they were accountable in causing that damage to or that prejudice to ESCOM. And when is the matter going to appear before the courts? Do you know? What is the date? Well, we don't have the, uh, the date at the moment. It's still at the stage where we have now issued summonses. The next step is that uh, the parties will uh, probably have received summonses. The sheriff has to serve them with those seven summonses, and the legal process kicks off. Uh, the civil litigation involves, uh, you know, uh, exchange of papers, uh, and then the parties will meet. Uh, in some instances, it involves case management by the by the court, um, and so that it is it is ready when it goes to the uh, for the for the hearing. Uh, so we will we will follow that legal process and show that uh, uh, the parties uh, understand what the issues are, uh, what is it that they need to answer on, and uh, as I said, the judge will probably also be involved in terms of assisting, because more often, more often we find that uh, if the judges are not involved and they don't do case management, uh, and this is what they do, uh, to avoid so this what's so-called uh, interlocutory uh, actions that, uh, I mean, uh, interlocutory in, in simple English is that you raise issues in the process and those issues end up delaying uh, the civil litigation process. So by including uh, oh, for the judges to do case management is to avoid exactly that so that when the matter goes to court, it's ready for the hearing. And I'm sure my colleague, uh, Mr. Mr. Mokoto, uh, will, will attest to that later on. You, you asked the question uh, in terms of uh, uh, why did we, why is this matter in the High Court? We've got various matters in the High Court which we have, uh, which we have tabled to do similar recoveries. Of course, we have, uh, uh, we are, we are really delighted to have the special tribunal in place. In this case, uh, between ourselves and uh, and ESCOM uh, and the legal representatives involved, uh, there's been a decision based on some of the considerations uh, to take this matter uh, to the High Court. Thanks. All right, uh, Mr. Makoto, I'll come to you in a moment for you to explain where you fit in in the, in the puzzle. But let me uh, go to Sipongwema of the NPA because you are the ones who are under the spotlight here, uh, Sipo, that so many cases, how many actually do you have corruption-related cases that are before you that you have to action? One that stands out anyway that South Africans talk about all the time is the Estina matter. And we heard from um, Advocate uh, Hermione Cronier late last year saying that you were ready with that case. It was ready for prosecution. And that was last year, November. And nothing has happened until now. And people wonder whether it's still um, on the agenda or it's been taken off the agenda. Thank you, Pratim. No, yes, indeed, it is still on the agenda and many other cases. And one of the complications, and my colleagues will tell you with investigations, is that sometimes you believe that uh, you are almost done and then you get one statement that then will lead you to have to follow up on many other things and sometimes you have to um, miss your deadlines that you would have hoped we are going to um, adhere to. But the other thing that has to do with Estina in particular is that it involves other countries. We are working with other countries and some of them are not as responsive as the others because uh, you must remember the money flows into the bank accounts 
outside South Africa. And some of the countries are more responsive than the others, as I've said. And then came in COVID-19, which then disrupted things much further. But that case is on course. We are continuing, uh, but we're just trying to, to, to tie up the loose ends because before you go to court, you must make sure that you have a formidable case. You have on that side everything. And uh, with the various accounts that are around, you need to make sure that uh, all the processes, particularly with regards to Criminal Procedure Act, you will be able um, to table that as admissible evidence. So there are a number of other things that, therefore, we had to do. Uh, in the past week, the, the president announced regulations changing uh, some of the issues that have to do with the Zondo Commission. So even from that front, we are now able to access certain information that we are not able to access before, given the fact that the regulations did not allow us to do that. So when you do investigations, you are confronted by some of those technicalities. And in some cases, uh, there are forensic investigations that must be finished before you are able to proceed. But all the processes are in place. We are moving. We are making progress. And uh, I think I understand that people are impatient. But as far as the investigations are concerned, there's good progress that is going to be made in our actions are going to show South Africans that indeed uh, we are making progress. And, and you know, one of the things that makes people impatient about these matters is that they've been before the NPA for quite some time, uh, particularly the case that I've mentioned, but there could be other corruption-related cases that you are working on that are likely to be taken to the courts uh, sometime soon. If you can give an indication of how soon you think these cases will appear before the courts, because you know, year after year, and the people sympathize that the NPA was hollowed out at one point, but you know, it feels like uh, you're kicking the can down the road. Say, well, arrests are imminent. Yes, please give us time. How much time? When? You see, that's the mistake that we have made in the past, to pronounce on when are we going to take action. And one of the things that are very important in investigation is the element of surprise. And uh, we shouldn't uh, fall into the trap of uh, giving deadlines because we know those are going to create good headlines, but they put us under pressure and these things keep on changing. Investigations can be very fluid, but all I can tell you, Pratim, is that there's good progress and we are going to be uh, able to take action, and that action is going to be seen. You know, when we were dealing with um, VBS in particular, we never said these are the dates, but we took action. And we, at that point, we were able to account fully to the Republic how far we have gone, because when we made arrests then, we were able to give the suspects indictments. We didn't postpone for further investigation. Investigation was done, and this is how we want to quality control the work that we are doing. We will take action, as certainly, but I can't give timelines now, but when we take action, the Republic will know that action has been taken, and will keep account of how far we would have come at that particular point. Okay, to the attendees, if you want to post questions, please use the chat box there and uh, send through your questions so I can then direct your questions to the panelists. I'm with Advocate Andy Mutibi. He's the head of the Special Investigating Unit. Advocate uh, Selby Makoto of the Special Tribunal and uh, Mr. Sipong Gwema, who speaks on behalf of the National Prosecuting Authority. Dr. Makoto, I spoke to you recently about what the special tribunal is all about, and it was established ostensibly to fast-track the civil litigation matters coming from the SIU, and I know there are several matters that are before you, but people haven't really heard of any matters. I think there's one recently that um, had to do with Mediosa in the Northwest, but people wonder how many cases are going to be heard by yourselves soon, and you've been given the task of recovering up to 15 billion rands. And what progress have you made in that regard? Uh, thank you, Mr. Mudise. In essence, uh, the special tribunal started uh, working as of the 1st of October 2019. And to date, 
uh, we have received uh, almost 25 cases that uh, came from the investigations arising from the Special Investigating Unit. And I can indicate that uh, most of those cases have been in, uh, have been quite in existence for quite some time, but then we are at a point where in, uh, we have made, uh, 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 we have granted orders in some of them, and the most recent one beyond the Mediosa one involved uh, uh, executives at Transnet. Uh, we just recently granted a preservation order wherein we intend to recoup almost 18 million that one of the executives at Transnet had uh, misappropriated based on the court papers. But then, of the 25, we have quite a, a number of them, I think uh, 10 or so, that are going uh, on unopposed. Uh, we are going to be uh, granting default judgments. Uh, by the end of this month, we should have finalized the life SED many matters, wherein we are cumulatively trying to recoup an amount of 30 million rands. And again, we have got the Northwest scholar patrol uh, cases that is uh, involving the Department of Community Safety and Transport in the province of Northwest. What, uh, what is actually at issue here is that uh, the parties, in particular the respondents, did not oppose uh, based on the days that they were supposed to. Hence, we are going for a default judgment. But then in case of matters that are being defended or that are being opposed, they have been referred to the different judges for case management, and it becomes uh, almost impossible at this point in time to say those that have gone for case management will be ready by such and such a date. However, I can indicate that uh, almost uh, 18 matters uh, involving quite a number of stakeholders from different uh, sectors of the public service have been referred to uh, for case management, and once uh, the, case, the judges have, presided, uh, have done that, they will be enrolled. For, once they are ripe for hearing, they will be enrolled. But those that are unopposed, where we did not receive any response from the respondents, we are going for default judgments. Well, I have received numerous questions now. One from Tim Elliott, who says, brave investigative journalists and people have written factual articles, books about rampant corruption, naming those implicated, and to date, not one arrest or charge laid. How is that possible? I think, uh, Sipo, you can respond to that. I, I mentioned the Estina Dairy matter. There's a book, and it's been there for, what, more than two years now, I suppose? And, and it's been updated every time, that book. So I'll hear from you. But let me go to another question. Uh, this is Carl Lockett, um, who's asking why is former President Zuma not behind bars yet? All talk and no walk, it seems. And uh, I will go to the other questions. But let me start with you, Sipo. Uh, thank you, Pratim. Uh, look, there is a lot of evidence, and that's why earlier I alluded to the fact that we are now able to access stuff that is before the Zondo Commission, before we are not allowed uh, to access that stuff. But secondly, is that indeed the standards in terms of uh, publishing uh, accusation is not the same that we are going to meet in a court of law. So there are a number of things that we have to do to make sure that those cases are quite formidable. So those investigations are taking place. And uh, in fact, there's a number of arrests that have been made in other areas. You must remember one of the focus areas, uh, particularly what the investigative directorate had to start with, was to look at corruption within the law enforcement agencies. And a number of police officers, including uh, former acting commissioners, were arrested working with IPID and those matters are before court. There are a number of other matters where we have received um, freezing orders. In fact, with regards to some matters, we, uh, Transnet in particular, we have a freezing order of 1.6 billion. And uh, we have, as it was mentioned earlier by Advocate Mutibi, that we have arrested people at ESCOM and those matters are before court. But you don't go to court and arrest people. Or you don't go hastily and arrest people before you have a watertight case. You are all aware of what happened to the NPA when it had to withdraw cases in the free state. I think in particular with the matter that we have raised, which is Estina, where the matter had to be withdrawn because at the time uh, the case was not ready. So it is very important from a quality control point of view that we act at the right time 
We have uh, credible evidence. We have witnesses that will be able to stand the test of cross-examination. So this is what we are doing. So those matters uh, and those people implicated there, where there's credible evidence, they are not off the hook, but the investigations are taking place. But we want to make sure when we go to court, there are reasonable prospects of success. And that's what the guys are working on. And those investigations are proceeding very well. Tell me, how is the proclamation signed by the president recently that says that the investigating capacity of the State Capture Commission should be seconded to yourselves going to help? In what way does it beef up your capabilities, Sibo? Uh, one of the biggest problems that we have, as you know, a lot of people, a lot of skilled people left law enforcement and we are unable to recruit uh, from the Zondo Commission because the, the, the regulation prohibited them from joining the commission. And uh, now very many of them, their contracts are coming to an end and those people will be able to come and assist. And what is... Uh, I think critical about them and what makes this a game changer is that they have worked on this investigation. So there is some knowledge that they have, there is some experience that they have in terms of many cases that we are investigating, with Transnet, ESCOM and many others that were mentioned in state capture. So we'll be able to recruit that skill to come and join the investigative directorate. So one of the issues, as you know, the investigative direct investigating directorate had issues with was capacity. So now with that door being opened to us, to being able to uh, recruit from the Zondo Commission, that will help us a great deal and make sure that very many of these cases are sped up and we're able to come to a conclusion as soon as possible. And Advocate Mutibi, you know, the, some of the matters that uh, we have raised here um, give do not give South Africans comfort because they've been on the table for some time. And therefore, when the president says the SIU is going to investigate COVID-19 related corruption, people say, oh, come on, give me a break. It's going to be take several years. And we expect that uh, COVID, as much as we don't know how long it's going to be with us, that at some point it will go away. So how much capacity do you have to add on to the work that you are already doing and what speed are you working at when you are trying to investigate COVID-19 related um, uh, allegations? Because those are happening on a day-to-day -day basis and they are happening in real time. Some of them are already out there in the open. How are you going to approach that? Right, no, uh, thanks again, uh, Mr. Mudise. Um, uh, I would like to just say to the audience and the members of the public, uh, uh, for example, the cases that Advocate Mukoto has, uh, has referred to, that is a demonstrable action that we are taking as SIU and as, gen as, as, uh, as government in general in collaboration with the other agencies such as the NPA and, and the Hawks. Those are tangible results that you see. Uh, those matters are there in, at, at the court for recovery uh, and, and to hold uh, people accountable for the losses that they've caused. Uh, you've heard that uh, uh, we will be very soon uh, having met those matters in court. And uh, in many of those, I've read uh, some of the members of the public were asking what happened to the life as it many matters. Right? You've heard now uh, from Advocate Mahoto that those matters are there and uh, will probably be getting default judgments. You know, uh, I mean, in simple terms, default judgment really says the other party uh, is, not, is not opposing. You know, and uh, I can safely say here that uh, it's pro they're probably not opposing because we have made out a formidable case uh, for us to recover. Uh, uh, they, they could not uh, put up a case to, to gainsay uh, what we have put up to court, including the scholar transport, which has prejudiced uh, the Department of Education in the Northwest, has caused so many prejudices to, to scholars, uh, the transport to take children to school uh, was so prejudiced, we are acting on those.
Now, on the COVID-19 uh, uh, investigations, um, uh, we do have allegations from almost all the provinces. We've got teams on the ground as, as we speak now. Uh, those teams are, are collecting documentation. They are looking and assessing all of those contracts, uh, all of those companies that are involved. Um, so as we speak now, I'm satisfied that we are making progress. Uh, you know that when the president announced this, he said uh, SIU will report uh, six weekly uh, to the president. So we are, we are making progress such that we should be able to announce tangible results uh, and remember the outcomes that I mentioned when I started. Uh, when we make that report, those outcomes would be, are there any uh, uh, civil litigation processes that we have started? That will go to the Special Tribunal for Recoveries. Are there any criminal cases that, that are underway based on the crimes uh, that, that have been uh, committed during this COVID-19 irregularities and corruption? And whether there are those officials uh, who, are, who are being uh, approached with uh, charges of misconduct. And I must also say that it's not only the public uh, sector or, or public officials. There are private companies that are involved. We will also not spare them. Uh, if we need to act against them, uh, either refer criminal matters against them or actively against them to recover from them, we will do so. Of course, uh, in the process of investigation, there's the requirements for some specialists that SIU does not ordinarily employ. For example, if you talk about the quality of PPEs, we would need a specialist who would assess that. Uh, of course, there are also government entities that we can use to assess the quality. Uh, we are also engaging those, uh, those specialists. Uh, so, so in the process, in the process, we've got other resources that we that we uh, appoint so that we can uh, uh, augment in those necessary areas of the investigation process. Ashley wants to know if the SIU is really free of political influence. SIU. Uh, uh, Mr. Medita, I would like to hear. Well, the question is, you know, are you free of political influence? Have you had politicians, including the president, come to you and say, I want you to investigate so and so and look the other way when it comes to such and such? Uh, we, we, don't, we don't have that. Uh, and and if, that, if that happens, uh, I, I, I do not anticipate any way that it will happen. And if it does happen, uh, we, will, we will obviously reject it because we are supposed to investigate and do our work without fear, favor, or prejudice to anyone. Here's another question. It comes from Linda Hosfield, who wants to know why preservation orders are not applied for as soon as evidence of corruption is uncovered. For instance, in the COVID-19 matter, you know, we, we read reports about certain amounts of money already being paid, and uh, some of the older cases, we know how much money has changed hands, uh, and the matter, those matters have been ventilated extensively in, in the public domain. So once you come across such information, and Sipo, you can follow up with your response, but I want uh, Advocate Mutibi to go first. Why don't you institute or apply for preservation orders right away as soon as uh, these matters come to your attention? No, great. That is a very uh, uh, important question. Uh, we we, we are, are going to be doing exactly that. Uh, and when the proclamation was announced, we've got, uh, you know, a working method uh, based on the memorandum of understanding that we have with the NPA, and the NPA would include asset forfeiture unit, um, uh, so that uh, we could also, from the onset, involve. We've got now... With, uh, and, and, and thanks to our colleagues at NPA, they've given us names of advocates in all the provinces that are uh, in the asset forfeiture unit so that our teams in all the provinces can work with them, collaborate with them. When we pick up that uh, there are 
are those wrongdoings and anybody who is involved, whether it's public sector, official or private sector uh, companies, uh, when there's a legal basis to do a freezing uh, of assets, we will do so. We are, we are working together with, uh, with NPA and asset forfeiture on that. But in terms of our legislation uh, and with a special tribunal now in place, uh, the SIU also has got uh, the, the, the legal mandate to be able to do that. But, uh, but we are collaborating with our colleagues uh, at the asset forfeiture uh, so that uh, we are able to do this uh, formidably. Sipo? Uh, yes, indeed, Matibia's advocate, uh, Matibia said. In fact, there are two matters that we moved swiftly from an asset forfeiture point of view that relates to the unemployment insurance fund, which was defrauded. So uh, we work with all the colleagues um, in a collaborative effort. However, you must understand that initially there must be criminal investigations that must take place in order for us to be able to take action. At least there must be sufficient information that you can bring before court that says there are these particular offenses that may have been uh, committed in order for us to act. So we have acted swiftly on money that was uh, sent from unemployment insurance funds to individuals who were not deserving. Those monies were sent uh, fraudulently to them. But we are still waiting for more because there are cases that have been brought uh, to, uh, to the attention of um, law enforcement agencies. Those investigations are taking place. And uh, you must remember also, uh, given the collaboration that we have, we have institutions like Financial Intelligence Center, which is able to freeze uh, accounts as soon as uh, sufficient information is brought to them, so they have been able to do that. And we take over from an asset forfeiture point of view uh, to apply for preservation orders. So we are awaiting uh, investigations, information from investigators in order to take action swiftly on any other matter where uh, the, there may be corruption or any other um, uh, breach of the law that may have happened. So as soon as we get that information, we don't waste time. In fact, we've given ourselves seven days to act, uh, to, to, to make sure there are papers and to act swiftly and approach court once that information or evidence has been pre presented to the NPA. Well yeah, and, and the special tribunal has also played a role in this regard most recently. But are there several matters of this nature that are going to be heard by the special tribunal anytime soon? Um, Advocate Makoto, the self-preservation matter. It, uh, uh, the, the preservation matters, I beg your pardon. Yeah, no, thanks, Ndadimidi. Uh, Indeed, we do have quite a number of uh, uh, preservation orders that will be granted. But I think it's important to emphasize the fact that uh, you either stand or fall by the papers before the special tribunal. So, so, so from an investigating point, uh, one would expect uh, that it should, it should be able to assist the courts. But uh, going back to the question, I think uh, in terms of uh, most matters that are coming, for instance, the one that I spoke about uh, for the default judgments, and uh, even those that are going for the opposed uh, motion role, uh, quite, uh, it, it will depend. At this point, uh, one who's not uh, in a firm position to indicate as to the number of cases, because remember, they still have to be decided based on the merits and, uh, yeah, based on the merit. So, 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 so it is then, it becomes then important to understand that uh, once the papers have been presented, arguments have been made, the appropriate orders will be made, and this is inclusive of the preservation orders or forfeiture orders or any other declaratory order that the special tribunal may deem fit to hand in appropriate circumstances. Just, just give me a quick update, uh, just briefly. What, what is going on at provincial level? I know, for instance, that there are matters that are before you in the Eastern Cape as well as KwaZulu-Natal. Which matters should we look out for in the next few weeks? In the special tribunal, currently we have uh, matters in the three municipalities in the Eastern Cape, that is Alfred Nzo, Raymond Mshaba, and Mbashe local municipality. Cumulatively, we are looking at an amount of 130 million, that is what is being prayed for in the papers. Uh, this relates to a Yolo Fleet uh, agreement or contracts that were 
entered into the three state municipalities and uh, the, 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 the plaintiffs in this case, the SIU, uh, it, it, it needs an order to set aside or nullify the contracts. And those matters uh, will be had within this term, within this term that is means uh, before the end of September. In the KwaZulu-Natal uh, province, we have uh, matters involving the Department of uh, Public Works. There have been contracts there that have been entered into. And again, uh, the prayers is to nullify or, 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 or uh, yeah, is to, null, to, to declare them null and void because the legislative and other constitutional prescripts were apparently not followed. So, 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 so those matters, I think they will be coming in. Those are the matters that we should expect to hear within this current term. What, what do you mean when you say current term? And let me just be specific. When you talk about public oh, yes, works, yeah, are you referring to the Nkandla matter, for instance? Yeah, well, there are quite a number of them. Uh, public works uh, uh, entered into different contracts with different uh, service providers. Yes, the Nganza matter being one of them. Uh, unfortunately, we don't have the data set because it is still going through case management along as others. I think in the KwaZulu-Natal province only relating to the Department of Public Works, we have got 12 matters. Uh, once the, uh, the judge assigned to the cases has, been, has uh, concluded case managing, uh, the dates will be made available and the matters will be enrolled. That means they will be ripe or ready for hearing. Okay. Uh, the current term actually started last week uh, in July and then it ends in September. So within these three months, we have quite a number of matters, the Eastern Cape ones and the KwaZulu-Natal ones and the default judgments that I earlier on spoke about. So it's going to be very busy. But then again, with the default judgments, our view is that we need to work as hard as possible to push as much work as possible so that we can make space for other cases that will be coming our way. Ryan Mason says there has not been one high-profile person that's been prosecuted. Surely there has to be action or nothing. And uh, Sipo, that's the kind of pressure that you are under, right? Even if you say soon, because soon can mean anything in your in your space. Uh, so soon there, could mean six months. Soon could mean two years down the line. There's no doubt about that, Pratim. Uh, every day people ask us about uh, high-profile people. Uh, as I said, uh, investigations are continuing, but also what we always try to avoid is to fixate it, to be fixated with individuals because we can make mistakes. Once uh, you have a fixation obsession of a particular individual, you, will want, you may want to prove your hypothesis and make mistakes and uh, uh, manufacture evidence. But I must uh, emphasize here that uh, in terms of the development of the cases, in terms of what where evidence leaves uh, leads us, we are uh, following that evidence and we will act on whoever. There is no influence that is going to stop us from acting against anyone where the evidence leads us. And as I said to you, um, we are impatient as well, and we understand the frustration of South Africans. But there must be serious quality control before we take action so that we are not embarrassed in court. But we will take action, and South Africans, I assure them, they will see action. Because if there's evidence that leads us to people, we'll follow that evidence and we'll arrest those suspects. But, and uh, as things stand now... Jackie Hadland wants to know if you can give a ballpark sense of timing that you know something when you say soon do you mean six months do you mean three months do you mean three years look there are cases um where we have made arrest already and i must say people should not look beyond the end of the year should not look beyond many months uh, for us to be able to act with the evidence that we have it seems as though we may be able to take action sooner and unfortunately, I will not be able to give dates because also you must know that the criminals are also listening. And there must be an element of surprise when we act. But South Africans will hear from us, will hear from the courts because the investigations are proceeding very well. And we have identified that in many cases there are certain suspects 
and we will act on those suspects. We're working very well together with the hawks. We're working very well together with all the other colleagues, as Advocate Mutibi has alluded earlier, and there will be action, and action is going to be taken. We want to speak through actions. We don't want to create hype and headlines, but we want to make sure that when we take action, we are account. We are able to account, and we're able to issue indictments because that investigation at that point would be done. Well, I, I want to believe that you are all concerned about uh, the reputations of the institutions that you represent, right? Because in time, people have come to think that all of these agencies are toothless. You see that it's all talk, and it undermines even the president's intentions when he says. I'm going to instruct and order the SIU, as an example, to do one, two, three against COVID-19 related matters. Say, people say, come on, give us a break. That's not going to happen, not anytime soon. So Paul Hoffman wants to know, Andy, that will the SIU advise ESCOM to seek an anti-dissipation order against the former CEO or acting CEO of ESCOM, Marcelo Coco, after what he said on television? Uh but Tim, uh, I know that the, the teams, are, the legal teams, are continuing to meet, and uh, we, are, we have assessed uh, uh, what needs to be done. So we don't exclude the possibility uh, of, of that order or the court being approached uh, for that order. But uh, at this stage, uh, the teams are meeting, and uh, I will I will get uh, uh, an update uh, probably later today. Uh, but as I say, we don't exclude uh, that order uh, being being prayed for. Uh, I need to just, whilst I'm on, I'm, I'm on the I'm on the floor of the team, just indicate that uh, uh, the the Nkanza matter, which which has really been making headlines, um, it's it, it's beginning to see traction, right? Uh, as of as of last week Friday, I get I get weekly updates from the legal team of SIU in terms of where the various matters are. As of last week, Friday, uh, the record in my feedback says the parties will approach judge, uh, the judge PLA for case management on the 27th of July, 2020. So in terms of the record, that case management should have started wherever, wherever this matter is. So we are demonstrating that the structure and uh, uh, we, we, we really are serious. We, we know, as, uh, as, as uh, Mr. Nguema says, we are aware that the public expectations are extremely high. We need to show traction and action in all, in all aspects of what we sure. do. So I just wanted to show you that there is that traction, and we will follow up uh, to ensure that uh, it reaches a uh, conclusion. And Sipo, Alex Easton wants to know what the progress is in getting the Guptas back to South Africa. Uh, thank you, Pratim. Um, we, as I said, there's very, very uh, different reactions from different governments. So we are interacting with various governments uh, to make sure that what has to be done from a legal point of view is done. So we are interacting with them. It's not as easy as we thought. Sometimes the processes are ex Cruciately, tingly, uh, slow, but we are working on making sure that what has to happen in South Africa, uh, whether the money that have to come back, people that have to be extradited back into the country, those things happen. So we are interacting with uh, governments to make sure that they assist us. So we are at the mercy of uh, some of the governments in terms of assisting us uh, to get whatever suspects that we are looking for uh, in, with regards to various matters. So we are working on it and we are trying our best. But as people can understand, it's not up to us. It's up to uh, the other governments on the other side. And are you following all the possible prosecutions and asset recoveries flowing from the Zondo Commission? There's no doubt about that. That's why we are very excited about uh, the regulations that have been made, because now we are going to have access. And some of the difficulties that we have um, have been resolved by uh, the proclamation that has been made. So we are following the Zondo Commission. We have a team that is focusing on the developments there. But parallel to that, we are uh, still conducting investigations that Kate TV has mentioned 
uh, ESCOM. We have made arrests in terms of other legs of ESCOM. We are continuing with other legs of ESCOM. So there's still going to be action with regards to those investigations. At the appropriate time, we'll make the announcements. At the appropriate time, we'll take the actions. Uh, South Africans uh, should bear with us. They must understand that we have had issues over the past uh, 10 years or more, and we are trying to deal with those issues. And some of those issues have affected the quality of our work. So we are trying to improve the quality of our work so that by the time we take action, by the time we make announcements, we know that uh, the quality um, of our cases will be able to stand a test of criminal uh, prosecution. All right, let me look at uh, Stuart Robinson wants to know what the progress is regarding Marcus Wuster and, and uh, the Steinhoff matter. In the Steinhoff matter, first of all, uh, we have to make sure that we get um, the, the auditors on board because they have been working on the matter for the past two years. And two, because this is a transnational matter as well, it's very complicated, it's very big, it involves many other countries. So we are now directing the, the forensic investigation in order to make sure that it meets the standards from a criminal prosecution and a criminal investigation point of view. So that investigation is continuing. We are working with the auditors. In, as you know, there was a, um, a, an offer made by the company uh, which we accepted as law enforcement. So that has helped us as well. But we have also tried to make sure that we create um, enough uh, to, in order to insulate the company so that there is no influence. So there are enough safeguards for us to continue with the investigation and not to compromise it in case there are other conflicting issues that may arise, given the fact that the company is a complainant and it may happen in the future that probably there also can be suspects in the matter that we are investigating. So that, that investigation is proceeding and we are hoping that we will be able to finish it and be able to take action on those people uh, that are implicated. Part of the reasons why we're able to take the decisions that we're able to take is because uh, the people implicated have left the company and the shareholders are the complainants and we are therefore moving together with the, the Hawks to try and make sure that we finish the investigation and we're able to take action at the time that we have to take action. And there's also the other matter involving the former CEO of ASCOM, Brian Mulefe, regarding his pension. And I think the court said it should not be paid over. I'm not sure if, if what you were trying to recover pension-wise was ever paid back. I'm not sure whether is that from an MPA point of view or from an SIU point of view. I think it was an SIU matter. Um, Advocate Mutibi. All right. Um, uh, the Hawks the, the, the were actually charged with investigating that matter. But of course, as part of our uh, re recoveries, uh, uh, we also uh, wanted to make sure uh, that we, we are as comprehensive as possible. Uh, and uh, the, the issue of, uh, of, uh, of, of the CEO's pension uh, will also be included. But uh, I know for a fact that uh, our colleagues at DPCI uh, were also investigating that matter. Now, how many cases have been reported to you regarding COVID-19 so far? Do you have a sense of the extent of corruption around COVID-19 contracts? Yes. Uh, I mean, just an example. Uh, in in Gauteng alone, uh, in the Department of Health, uh, the, at last count, the contracts that we, were, we had received to, to look at and assess were 167. Uh, that number, that number keeps, keeps... Oh, sorry, can, can, I, can you repeat that? I, I had 160, what, five? Oh. 167. That okay. was the latest, that was the latest uh, information I received. At last, and that's, uh, that's uh, outing alone? Yes. 
at the last reporting, which was last week sometime, uh, the number was sitting at uh, 102, having, grow, having gone up from 91, the initial 91. So the reason why it keeps going up, the investigators keep receiving information from these departments in terms of the contracts that continue to get work uh, or that got work, uh, which are on their database. So, so that number keeps changing, and that's the rationale for changing. Uh, in uh, in Eastern Cape, we've got uh, uh, that that contract that has been publicised around the the scooters and the other one, which was which related to the door-to-door -door awareness campaign, uh, which was uh, uh, also publicised quite hugely. But there's also uh, other uh, contracts that we are looking at. Uh, in the province, uh, in, in the case at N, we've received uh, various allegations, but those that have been publicized, uh, I mean, number one, you know, the, the Department of Social Development in the province having bought blankets, and those blankets uh, were allegedly overpriced. Uh, so we are also looking at that. Um, so yeah, there's, there's, there's quite a number of uh, the contracts that, uh, that we are looking at. But uh, as the president announced that we've got uh, a center uh, which enables all law enforcement agencies to collaborate, and that center is based at FIC, uh, at last count, uh, that center uh, was seized with about 36 cases at the time. I mean, the number may have changed to date, but uh, and those cases uh, are distributed amongst uh, uh, SIU, uh, DPCI, which is the Hawks, uh, and uh, the FIC is also assisting uh, with the information that's relevant to the investigations, uh, and the NPA is also assisting with what's called uh, prosecutor-guided investigations. So, so you know, as agencies, I would like to just re-emphasize that uh, that we would like to make sure that. Uh, these matters are dealt with speedily, effectively, so that we produce uh, the results that are legally sound and uh, we produce uh, the, the impact that is expected by the public. Thanks. And Sipo, what assistance in terms of prosecution are you giving the SIU? Because they may go in and investigate and, and like, what Advocate Mutibi has just told us, but you may take longer to prosecute these cases anyway, because do you, have you built any special capacity that relates to COVID-19 related matters? We have a good relationship uh, with the SIU. As he said, we are all part of the collaborative center that uh, the president mentioned. In fact, as I mentioned earlier, that's why we're able to move very swiftly on those cases um, which involved the unemployment insurance fund, even with the issues that uh, they're investigating in uh, Gauteng, as soon as they see that there's a criminal element they pass on to us, and um, the investigation with the Hawks continues or starts immediately, so we don't have to wait for them to finish. So we work very well together. We have a dedicated team of people that are concentrated on the work that is, is going to come from the, so to the short answer to your question, yes, there are people on standby uh, to receive cases from the SIU, and up to so far we have worked extremely tremendously well together. Thank you. Kenneth Chobejani and uh, David Konyani, for instance, are going back to the question I've asked that, you know, certain high uh, prominent cases have not been prosecuted. And, um, uh, David Konyani is actually specific that the prominent politicians that are there, that are involved, it seems as if the NPA is getting around them. Uh, obviously, somebody was arrested. You mentioned that the UIF matter, that money was deposited fraudulently into, but that, that's a, that's an ordinary civilian and a sort of small time person compared to the big fish that has been featuring in the news for some time, that they are implicated in corruption. What about those? You see, the small matters, it's easy for them, it's easy to resolve them. That's why we are able to take them to court as soon as possible. But when you're talking about the big complicated matters, they take longer. And there's a lot that you need. But at the end of the day, as I said, where evidence leads us, we will go. So there is no one now 
who is off the hook. And uh, the public will see when we take action. And I want to emphasize that we are going to take action. They will see action. It's a matter of time. Now, I come to you, Advocate Makoto. Are there particular matters that you think it should be highlighted before we come to the end of this broadcast. What is it that, that is on the agenda of the special tribunal that you think will assist to address this concern on the members of the public, including the people attending this webinar, that the agencies are not doing enough to arrest corruption? No, thank you very much, Ndatemudi. So I think uh, one of the primary reasons for the existence of or the establishment of the special tribunal is precisely to look into these matters and to provide expeditious litigation. We are only in existence for three years, so within these three years we need to move faster, and uh, but yet without compromising the, 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 the rule of natural justice. Uh, in brief, we do have matters. I think just last week, no, uh, or early this week, we have a matter that came, uh, we issued summons, it involved the Department of Water uh, Affairs and Sanitation, and uh, the court papers, again, we are looking at uh, uh, an amount of 450 million. So it's one of the cases that I think will quickly be coming in. You mentioned earlier the issue of ESCOM, and uh, before the special tribunal, we have got a matter of ESCOM uh, vis-a-vis the ABB, the international company, and we are looking to recover something like 2.2 billion rands. So these matters are uh, high on our tray, and we do believe that uh, within the very, very space of time that we have to execute and discharge our obligations, we will uh, address some of these matters. There are quite a number of matters, but because of time, I'm not able to go through them one by one. But a quick question regarding the ABB matter and ESCOM. Are they, is ABB still on site? I mean, I know that you're trying to recover a certain amount of money from them, right? But when you do that, what happens? Are they taken off site or do they still stay on the contract? Well, because the matter, there's no order as yet, so we cannot necessarily be able to pin them down. But once you've made a, well, the investigating, I think, will, will, will indicate whether they've been able to do that. But from the court's point of view, there is no order, and as such, there is no authoritative uh, document that we can safely say, get off the ground or get out of the way. But once a pronouncement is made in the form of a court order, uh, an appropriate relief will be made, and as such being an, a binding order, as it will be, uh, it will be implemented accordingly. Okay, Sipo, just a brief comment from you, and you'll notice that they, we, we sort of move around in circles, right? At the end of the day, the matter here is, is that of public confidence. That there is corruption, it's something that everybody accepts now, not that we should embrace it and uh, allow it to happen in our society. And the cases of corruption are being ventilated in the media repeatedly. It's actually tiresome these days. And it actually casts the agencies in bad light. People have lost or beginning to lose confidence in them. Why should we have confidence that the NPA will show that it's different now under the current chief advocate, Batoy? Tell us, briefly. Pratim, the, the public must judge us by our actions. And we understand that there are a lot of issues flying around in the newspapers and the WikiLeaks and so on, but they must understand the standards are not the same. We can't take those at face value and go them and take them to court and hope that we are going to win. This is why, as Advocate Mutibia said, we are involved through guiding the investigations uh, at the investigating stage. You must remember, our mandate is to prosecute. However, because we have a vested interest in the quality of the investigation, so we guide the investigation so to ensure that by the time action is taken, you will notice with many of the cases now, there is no postponement for further investigation. Once an action is taken, the matter is ready to go to court. So we are going to take action. We understand that the public is frustrated. Sure. We understand them fully. And we are fully okay. uh, frustrated, but we are going to take action, and the public must well, let, let us action. Let me interrupt you there. I've got only a minute to go or less, uh, Advocate Mutibi. Here. Well, I mean, not so long ago, you complained that 600 cases that you had on your hands were not being prosecuted by the NPA, and that's, and that's, that's something simple to think about. That's, that's why we, 
we, we wonder whether NPA can do its work. But Advocate Mutibi, being given additional responsibility of investigating COVID-19, one wonders if you will be able to really do your work. Why should we trust and believe that the SIU will deliver? Very briefly. Thank you. Okay, briefly, uh, on the number of uh, cases that have been referred to NPA, as I said uh, earlier on, uh, those are the matters that we report on, and uh, the questions were asked at the time uh, by, by the public, having read our, our annual report, and the number at the time was indicated. But we've since uh, uh, passed that stage, where we've uh, really made sure that our memorandum of understanding between ourselves and NPA uh, indicates what has to be done, who needs to do what, and I am satisfied as I sit here that the work is underway to see those matters being attended to. Now, well, let uh, me let me I just please, let, let me pause right there because we're going to be cut off. And thank you, okay. gentlemen, for having been panelists on on this very important discussion. I appreciate your time. Thank you again. And I also want to thank uh, our attendees for having been part of this discussion and for your questions. Until next time, thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Bye, guys.